Well, the weather for the whole of the south of England will continue as it has for the next few weeks. It's going to be hot and moist, with temperatures rising steadily as time goes on. There's a chance of steamy moments as we move into the... Ah, sod it. We never wanted to do this. We never wanted to be weathermen and women, making innuendos about hot atmospheres and drizzly countries. We didn't want to be child-friendly. We didn't want to bang on about being for over-18s only. We want to talk about our sexy adventures. We want to be lifestylers, leaping from bush to bush as we sail down the rivers of British sex clubs and mountains of crazy experiences. The cheeky purple mamba, the liquid silk pumped liberally into our hand, the rodeo classic brief harness complete with Tantus curve, the enjoy pure one stainless steel dildo, the hot octopus digit, the ever so short messages on fab swingers, the sexy friends on Twitter, and the mighty vanilla alternative. With my best girlie by my side, we'd swing, swing, swing. Get in the gym or to your car. Without advice, you could go far. We fuck things up and we make mistakes. We talk about our sexy dates. It's getting hard for this to rhyme. Just as well, cause it's bed. Hello and welcome to the Bed Hoppers podcast. My name is Mr. H. I'm Mrs. H. This is episode 133. Thank you for joining us this week. This week we're going to be talking about a few things, right? Yep. But before we get into the main topic, the thrust, the killer piece of Mm. this week, right? Okay. We are going to be making an announcement. Oh, yes, yes, which yes. We, Well, technically, we've already made the announcement. Yeah. But this is going to be our announcement <laughs> on the podcast, right? Yes. I might actually say some stuff as well. Oh, good. Is that Yay! because you've got something written down in front of you? I've actually got a list today. Oh, good. That's fantastic. <laughs> so do you want to announce this one? Do you want to take the reins? Oh, gosh. Oh. I'm allowed to drive? You can drive. Okay. I mean, I can't park for shit, but I'll drive. Oh, I know that. Actually, no, that's not true. I can park. Can you? I'm really good at parking. Are you? Wait, I'm going to back that up. I can, literally, I can park really well. Can you park it like it's hot? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I digress. You do. So, we are announcing our next event. Hooray! And it's actually on a bloody Saturday for once. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually is a big takeaway here, because everyone hates a Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Saturdays, Fridays are great. good, but yeah, Saturdays are better, but it's right? It's difficult and people have to travel and get childcare. Saturdays are way better. Much better, yeah, right? We're super excited. Okay, so when is it? It's the 24th of September. What's it called? It is called A Night at the Glitz. And the clues in the title, it's going to be bling. The blingiest bling. Does this bring mean your bling? I get a new outfit? Oh, God. Obviously. Yes. I mean, like you were ever not going to get one. Woohoo! <laughs> All right. Do excuse me, gentle listener. I'm off to find some new shoes. I'll be like back you need an, an excuse to get anything more sparkly. I don't understand how you got so many sparkles in your life. Uh, because I am with you. Oh, and everything else come seems on. Dull don't try and by comparison. It. <laughs> Nothing can be as wonderfully shiny and as sparkly as my wife. Good so, grief. Therefore, I need to bling up everything just to even get a glimpse of it. Oh, good grief. You're so full of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Probably. Well, this is a blingy event. Ooh. It's called A Night of a Glitz. Yep. And it's going to be held at Le Boudoir, mm-hmm. which is a very lovely club in London. Okay. It's not just our event, though, is it? No, we are joining forces with the Magnificent Wanderlust podcast. So Wanderlust Swingers, which mm-hmm. is Kate and Daryl. Yep. And so they were very, very lovely and came to our last event at VA. 
Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So this time around, we thought let's join forces because like wild stallions. You know, two creative minds rather than just you. <laughs> just two creative minds. <laughs> no, how I didn't so, include me in that. Or Daryl. <laughs> yeah, but you know, he's he's busy. He's busy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so Kate and I are running an event, and, and I might turn up and do you, some stuff as well. Okay, oh, that both. I definitely well. will do some stuff. Fantastic. Promise. Tell us about this event. I'm going to tell you all about it. All right. So 24th of September, a Saturday, Night at the Glitz, Le Boudoir in London. Mm -hmm. And we have got a whole package of wonderful things for you. Ooh. Yeah. So this is going to be a two-hour exclusive use. Ahead. Chihuahua. A chihuahua. There mm -hmm. will be a chihuahua in residence. Mm -hmm. Very much like Beverly Hills Chihuahua. You can't back this bit up. I cannot. No. But I'm going to find one. Okay, good. <laughs> so for two hours ahead of the doors opening for general public, we get exclusive use of Le Boudoir. Ooh. Okay. And this will be just for the exclusive attendees who can come to the event. Yeah. Okay. And we do have a, a cap on the amount of tickets so we can sell. Mm -hmm. And there'll be 70. So I get my ticket right. Does that give me access Ooh. to the club for the whole night? Yeah. Yes, oh, it does. Yes. So for this, you will get access for the whole night to mm -hmm. the club. So including your two hours additional. But Mrs. H, before you go any further, yes. do I need to be a member of the boudoir? You are just literally asking questions I was going to cover. Oh, right. Am I? You are stampeding to the finish line <sighs> as ever. Yes. <laughs> you do not need to be a member of the boudoir. This is fantastic news. I know. I know. It gets better as well. Okay. Do you want to know what's included? Yeah, please tell me. You're included. Tell me more. Tell me. <laughs> I'm included. Yes. Okay. So this is like-minded couples and a select number of singles. Okay. Okay. We can only accommodate five singles. Mm -hmm. Okay. Five um, single guys and five single ladies, right? This is five single guys, five single ladies. Mm -hmm. Yes. So uh, 10 singles in total. 10 in total. Yes. Five men, five women. Yeah. Okay. Only one may survive. <laughs> oh yeah. We like Battle Royale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolute fight for death, Fortnite style. Oh, okay. I'll stay in the car, obviously. All right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And Diamond Storm. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be hosting some games on site on the evening as well. But I'm yep. going to tell you exactly what you get. Tell me for why. I can tell you for why. <laughs> Every ticket that you, you get includes entry to the club for the entire duration, as we said. Yeah. Early access for exclusive party starting from 7.30. 7.30. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At Le Boudoir in At London. At Le Boudoir in London. Mm -hmm. Yes, correct. And an invitation to our exclusive group chat. Excellent. Excellent. We've for attendees only. Already got the exclusive chat. Lots of use of the word of exclusive. It's very exclusive. Yeah, very exclusive. Yes. But we've got the chat running. Oh, it's already running. And it's already running. It's already fantastic. Because people have already bought tickets. Yes. This yes. is amazing. They're already selling like... Getting to know them. <laughs> messaging them every day on platforms. Another chat platform. Yes. Yes. I'm loving this. Uh -huh. um, a welcome drink on Ooh, your arrival. I and like of course, those. you'll be greeted by the lovely hosts, ourselves and lovely Kate and Daryl. Mm -hmm. Entertainment. Games, some curated mingle events. Ooh. I'm not going to give any more away at this stage, mainly because I don't know what they are. Yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, and even if I did, I wouldn't spoil it. You have to wait and <gasps> see. Uh, a gift bag. Ooh. Ah, yes, you don't know what's in it yet, do you? I do. Well, maybe other people don't. Okay. Right, so gift bag. There's going to be some prizes that you can win on a night. Ooh. So a chance to win some of those. Uh, you'll also get first dibs on all the lockers. So we should explain that at the boudoir, you can access a locker for the evening to put your stuff in. You need £20 You need twenty quid, actual money. Which you get back because yeah. it's just a deposit. Um, very exclusive lockers. <laughs> uh, but you get first dibs on those. Yeah, because you're in there first, you Correct. get to yeah. mount, you know, sort of get them mm -hmm. and mark your scent like a mountain lion. You can wheel over it if you like. Yeah. Uh, no, you cannot. <laughs> it's mine. It's 20 quid. Do I like? <laughs> 
a private tour of a club. Oh. I know. And it's a really, really lovely club to tour around. So that's that's going to be super nice. It's a very sexy environment. Uh, I would also say there's lots of stairs. So if you are prone to falling downstairs in high heels like myself, perhaps think about that. <laughs> Just think about it. Don't do anything differently. Just think about Just it. Just think about it. <laughs> And also, we are working on maybe some special hotel deals Mm -hmm. in the area so that we can try and accommodate some discounts for people wanting to stay at a hotel. And get a bunch of us staying in the same place. Yes. And it'd be really, really good to have quite a lot of us staying there because we can then also have some pre-event mingling and tapas. Ooh, Mm. that sounds fantastic. It's just literally so much stuff. I'm immediately going out and getting my ticket now. Are you? Yeah. Well, you don't need to get one, you're going anyway. Oh, man. You're kind of required to turn up. (laughs) Like... Does this yeah, mean I have to like work? Have like, to actually work. I have to host. Yes. Mother fudges. I want to go to this stuff. event. This sounds amazing. Well, the good news is you can. You oh, can good, go I to can. the event with me. Oh, good. You can be the blingiest bling. Yes. And you can bling your blingy wife. <laughs> I can bling my blingy wife. <laughs> and then you can maybe go and talk to someone else's blingy wife as well. Oh, good. Because <laughs> it's that kind of event. Ooh. Like-minded, curated audience. Oh, this mm. sounds perfect for to me. For your pleasure this and sounds... perusal. Yeah. So Do you want to go? I, I abs- I'm going. I thought you You've would. told me I'm going. I've got to. I've got no choice. Yeah. But if I didn't have to go, then I would go anyway. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You would, because fair? it sounds really it sounds hard, right? pretty amazing. So the theme is diamond. Like bling, diamond, sparkle, glamour, whatever you want that to interpret that as. Be your absolute best version. Bring the bling. You want to look shit hot. Just paint me in silver. <laughs> so, I mean, we're, we're looking at like sort of really lovely, glamorous outfits, I think. And we're going to try and knock it out of the park. It's like black tie, but extra. Mm, I like that. Bling tie. A bling town. Bling town. The bling yeah. town rats. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so how do we get the tickets? Well, right. there's going to be a link in the show notes. Excellent. You have show notes. We Brilliant. do have show notes, yes. I create <laughs> them every time we, we do an episode. You have you don't even see them. I do. And it's all over Twitter as well. It's all over Twitter. And it's all over Instagram. Well, you can go to our website, which is bedhoppers.co.uk. It is. Well and done. Under events, there's a, a section that will take you to the page, but it's all hosted on Kate and Darrell's website as well. Mm-hmm. The name of which is... Go on. Uh, the name of that is actually swingingdownunder.com. Okay. Look at me knowing stuff. Look at you actually having Looking your phone in your phone hand and, and really off. I knew you'd be able <laughs> to do that. If you head over to swingingdownunder.com, there is a link that will take you into the ticket um, Again, under the events type area. stuff, right? Yes. The event. Should we say how much these tickets yes, are? Yes, we should. Because we've talked about the amazing things you get. Mm-hmm. It's £100 for a couple's ticket. Yep. And again, that includes all of the things that we've just told you about. For a single male, it's £100. Yep. And for a single lady, it is £40. Perfect. These all sound mm. like bargains to me. And if you go into the website and click on those particular um, options, they'll take you into that. Now, single males, you will be required to have a chat yeah. with ourselves and Kate. Yeah. Because we want to have a chat with you and we want to kind of get to know you a bit more and find out why we should, you know, why you want to come around to our exclusive event. I think that's the thing. It's important because normally on a Saturday night, mm-hmm. single males aren't allowed in the club. And this is club rules. This is These yeah, are the club rules. Absolutely. So we, we've uh, agreed with the club that we can uh, allow a small number of single guys. Yeah. Not 
a number of small single guys <laughs> into the club. <laughs> You've got to be really small to really get in. Tiny, really, really tiny. <laughs> Less than five foot. <laughs> yes. Yes. So uh, as a result of that, we want to vet everyone that's coming into the, yeah. every single guy that is, that's coming to the club for yeah. that particular night. So and we're really excited that we can, you know, find a way to compromise with the, the club rules for that yeah. night and actually reach some kind of really good compromise where we can have some single guys there as well. Yeah. I really like the idea that, that you know, that we're able to do this, but also that the cost isn't sort of prohibitively expensive compared to a regular night with the boudoir. Right. And this is London. Yeah. Yeah. London, London. Is, London is always like, you know, super bling, isn't it? Yeah. You know, there's going to be some stuff. But the good news is we have got, you know, hopefully secured some really good discounts for you with hotels and you get a lot of bang for your buck. Yeah. So we do know that tickets are already selling pretty fast. They are. So there's only 70. Yes. And they are going already. They are going already. Yeah, because They're the chat all... is getting busy. <laughs> the chat is starting to, to heat up. People are already starting to swap outfit ideas, which is exciting. And you know what is really lovely about the chat, as always with our events, is it's a really safe place for people to talk about their concerns, their fears of being very new, maybe. And is this the event for me? I don't think I've got much, you know, much experience of going to clubs. Well, this is a great place to start. I would say this is a great way to get your first club experience mm. under your belt because it's a really safe environment. The club is fantastic. It's a really good bunch of people. In safe hands. In safe hands. Uh, we've got plenty of experience of going to really shit clubs, so we know the good <laughs> ones. And we can also help ease you in. Yeah. Oh, and there's also some uh, regular faces from our previous events already going, yeah. which is exciting. So it's nice to see people coming back and wanting to go to another event. So already there's people getting excited about seeing each other again and welcoming new faces. So, And I will say, don't worry about the, the, the chat being too busy. You just drop in and drop out when you need to. People are always welcoming. Don't feel as though there's already a clique built because there really isn't. I mean, I never drop in. <laughs> no, no, you rarely do. You do drop in occasionally. I do, that's not true. I am trying really hard to try and integrate myself a little bit more this time because I know it's important. But the point is, you don't have to be in it if you don't want to. You need to be in it so you can get the information you need, but you don't have to stay and chat if you really don't have the time. You can just have a look, peruse what's been said, find a section of the chat that means something to you, and it'll be broken into some helpful chat sort of sections. Absolutely. What yeah. I will, will add... Finally to that. So yes. if you have any questions about this event, if you have any concerns or worries, just get in touch with us. Yeah. We're very happy to answer your questions and do our very best to kind of give you the answers that, that, that you need and talk you through all of this. This is such a good event for people that are starting out, but it's also a great event for experienced people that mm. just want to go along and have a really good party. Yeah. And so. a lot of people really want to see Le Boudoir, but don't necessarily want to maybe get membership or try and... You know, because you might never want to go again. You might just want to go to the event, go to the club, etc. This is a great way of doing that. Exactly that. So that's our event. Mm. Night at the Glitz. Come join us, please. Tickets on the show notes, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Or links to tickets. The actual tickets aren't on the show notes. That would be daft to give them away yes. like that. But what's what are we talking about? What's the next bit of this episode, dear? So the next bit, we are going to touch on the... Oh. <laughs> you love it when I touch on... We're going to talk about the latter part of our American adventures. So last time we talked about our little PCAP recap, which, you know, a lot of the other podcasters did who'd attended the event. But we're not going to bore everyone with the, you know, hey, we went on holiday, look at our snaps. Yeah. This is going to be the tail end of what happened after we left PCAP and we headed over to Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. So we went to join the Suffolk Swingers in Fort Lauderdale. So we Aren't they delicious. They are delightful, <laughs> delicious, delectable. I adore them. <laughs> they are wonderful human beings. They really are. 
And I have to say, they were so welcoming. We, we stayed at their place yeah. for a few days, which was yeah. really, really kind very, of them. Very, very lucky. And they put up with us and basically looked after us and supplied yeah. us with food and drink. And like, what more could you ask for, really? Uh, well, I had a list, but we didn't look at it. Uh, okay. That's cool. They didn't look okay. <laughs> Fair enough. And you know what? They, oh, goodness me, the food. All right. I mean, that's another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so what I will say is if you've not heard the Sapphic Swinger podcast, go and check them out. They are wonderful human beings and mm. they always have great advice and great stories to tell about their experiences. But the reason that we wanted to talk a little bit about this trip is because whilst we were there, uh, they not only took us out on the boat and took us for food and yeah. we got to meet their dog and that was lovely. All this great stuff. But yeah. they also took us to trapeze. That's the local club to them, isn't it? Yes, which is so the, the local area where they club. live yeah. is Trapeze. And they were really excited to show us their local club. So we went, it was like a Wednesday night, right? Uh, yeah, so a midweek. We, it wasn't a weekend or anything. We were expecting quiet. So I think. they caveated this visit before we, we got there saying it's going to be really quiet, but you'll get to see the club, <laughs> you get to have a look around, so you'll get to experience it. And yeah. we thought, oh, great. So we get there. Expecting it to be dead. <laughs> and it really wasn't. It was some sort of international light, night, which is quite different to a normal night at the club. Yeah, even they were a bit baffled. They were like, oh, it's busy. <laughs> we didn't think it would be. <laughs> so we'll talk a little bit about the club in terms of what it looked yeah. like and what it felt like. And then we're going to kind of go into the little bit of the night itself and kind of how that was, right? Yes, exactly that. So as you come in, you have to sign up to, be, to become a member as you get in. And it's relatively inexpensive. And then you pay for your night. Yeah, in, right? they they couldn't do enough for us actually because we arrived in a lightning storm and they met us with towels because <laughs> we were soaked. <laughs> yeah, we were absolutely drenched just getting the one metre from the car to the actual <laughs> club itself. And there was like a wall panel that you you put all your details into to register, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, it was like an e-registration yeah, system, really, which was really, really cool, really helpful, really quick. Process was really simple. Yeah. And then we were in the club before we knew it. Pretty much in there. So it kind of had this sort of... It was in a sort of circle sort of thing, the main, yeah, main room. Yeah, all and, around a big dance floor. Yeah, there was. it's kind of a bring your own bottle thing. So in the sort mm -hmm. of to the right and to the sort of back left of that, that huge area, there were two bars where you could bring your own bottle, mm -hmm. put it on the, behind the scenes, and then they'd just serve you drinks as and when you wanted your yeah. drinks. Yeah, which yeah. we're familiar with that concept yeah, anyway. absolutely. Yeah. Sort of in the middle of the thing and in the little arena bit, sort of down some steps was like a dance floor. Mm-hmm. Great big DJ column. Yeah, and then some raised seating kind of all around the, the dance floor. Yeah. There's like railing and then seating all around the whole club. Now, on the right-hand side of the, of the thing was something that we hadn't really anticipated, but yeah. that, that the Sapphics had told us about. And that was actually, there was a full-on sort of pretty much restaurant in the place. Yeah, so they said at the beginning that your ticket price includes a sit-down three-course meal or, or like lots of food, basically. And yeah. Like, really? Because this is a concept that is completely alien to us in clubs in the UK. Well, we're used to getting You someone... don't get a restaurant on site. <laughs> no, not really. And, you know, we're used to a, a club bringing out a, a bit of a buffet, a bit of a snack or something. Yeah. But not a full-on sort of someone stood behind the thing serving you food. Yeah, right. Like, it was like a cantini sort of restaurant vibe, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> it was like the sort of canteen you might see at work. <laughs> which, you know, kind of they had three different meals on offer and then there was desserts and there was bread and salad and all sorts of stuff. It was a huge, like, massive pile of all the food you could imagine, really. Yeah, well, maybe not that much. I can imagine a lot. Well, I was not expecting to see that much food. No, there was quite, there was a lot more than I'd anticipated. And there was a whole little sort of, uh, like, L-shaped dining area where you yeah. could just sit down and everyone was just sitting down, chilling out and, and having a bite to eat. 
Yeah. The food, to be fair, was really, really it lovely. It was really tasty. But it was just such a strange experience being in a swingers club and sitting down and having some food. Right. And I think that baffled me because you, I don't normally associate having a good sit-down meal before then rolling around a, a club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think... Yeah, it was kind of a, a strange one in, yeah. in that regard. I mean, it was very welcome. And, and certainly at the end of the night, they switch over from the meals that they're offering to breakfast. So it's sort of midnight. Yes. You can then get bacon and hash sausages and hash browns and whatever. And, and I was like, well, this is like delightful and it's great because if you're leaving the club yeah. at whatever time in the morning, you, you can get something to eat. It's a great idea. It, it really is. But I was, uh, I was so confused by this. Yeah, me too. And it's concept. not something I would have expect. I would expect the British clubs to get behind particularly because, you know, yeah, you just don't go to a club and have a sit down meal. <laughs> the, the other thing that I found that was slightly strange, certainly compared to what we used to, is so as you kind of went through the club, there was a play area, and on the as you go into the play area on the left hand side, there was a, oh, a bunch yes. of lockers. Yes. So and there was a chap manning the lockers. So you he assigned you your locker. Uh-huh. and basically give you the number and then he'd put your stuff in the locker for you or whatever uh-huh. and then if you wanted to get your stuff you had to tell this chap yeah. to open it yeah he was like your locker chauffeur your locker guy yeah your locker <laughs> chauffeur which was yeah it was yeah, just I mean, a, really reassuring that someone was constantly there yeah. keeping an eye on your stuff but also again an, an extension of service that we wouldn't encounter here yeah I'm certainly not where's my locker guy yeah locker guy <laughs> And then there was um, there was a, a strip of tape on the floor. Do you remember that? Yeah. So when they have single guys yeah. in the club, they are they have to stay one side of the tape. Right. They're not permitted to step over the line. So there's like a couples area, and <laughs> they it sort of divides into two. Mm-hmm. And there's sort of all these little open beds and little playrooms and playrooms with windows and stuff that look out onto the mm-hmm. club. Some really cool little features, like a really nice sort of play part to it. But the single guys are only allowed on certain sides and, and not, not allowed over across the line. the line. Yeah, it reminded me of playground games, where, <laughs> like Red Rover or something. Like you're not allowed to step over the line. Is it not like uh, was it No Escape where they wear the collars if they go oh over? Oh my god, the, yeah. that's a sinister term. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, it's one way to control the single guys, I suppose. Back to Battle Royale. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Exploding collars. Yeah. Wow. Ouch. That's not good. No, maybe not. Just stick it over the line. <laughs> yeah. So the club itself was was nicely decorated. It mm. had a good environment. It felt clean. It felt nice. The food there was surprisingly really good. good. Uh, and actually it was run really, really well. Mm-hmm. It felt like the management were on top of things. The staff couldn't do enough to help mm. you. And then as part of this night, <laughs> it was international night. And so... It felt like it gave it a real strange spring break atmosphere, which mm. we really weren't expecting. And certainly Tiff and Rachel were very much of, of the belief that this this was new to them as new well. New to them. Completely a, a shock to their yeah. systems. Yeah. So it was kind of strange in that someone came out and started playing drums on Steel top drums. of like a salsa beat thing. Yeah. Uh, which was, yeah, nice. And then a couple of women got out and danced on some tables, Coyote Ugly style, oh, yeah. and, and then started pouring tequila down everyone's throats. And then some weird MC got out and was just yelling stuff. <laughs> it was just such a strange, strange atmosphere. And they were doing like dance demos and things. And yeah. there's a pole in the middle of the dance floor as well. And there were a couple of people like shimmying up and down the pole. I don't it, know if that's a regular occurrence. For that the might place, be a regular though. occurrence, yeah. but it all seemed to fit in with the vibe, the vibe of like, spring break party kind of thing yeah it was kind of it was 
So we all sort of stood around the the sort of level that looked yeah. down onto the dance floor. And we were just sort of observing the sort of weird car crashes that were going on <laughs> around us. And it was it was a strange atmosphere because it felt very much like people were there to just like get trashed and sort of dance Fuck. away and and Fuck. Yeah, there was a bit of that, but I, mm. I didn't get the impression that many people were actually going to the playrooms. That it felt very much like mind you, they're all too full. Five courses, yeah. But but it was a very sort of people were just chugging drinks down. It was yeah. very party, party, party. Lots, lots of little cliques around. So it kind of didn't it didn't feel like a regular night there. Certainly from my perception of it, and and that's what Tiff and Rachel mm. said as well. So I, I would definitely say that if you're in the area, go and check the club out because I thought it was a really cool club. Yeah, definitely. But I really the like the club. Strange international night, <laughs> I think, was just just odd. So we, I mean, we didn't end up playing or anything. We just sort of stayed around for a few hours and it then was quite loud. We couldn't hear ourselves talk after a while. Yeah, I think there was a bit of that. I think it, the, the atmosphere wasn't quite right and. Um, there wasn't really anyone that was leaping out to no. our attention. So, uh, you know, we, we all decided that it was, mm-hmm. you might as well just go home. But as a club itself, I, I thought it was great. It looked the business. It seemed very well run. So I'd definitely say if you're in the area, go and check it out. But just that international night was just a weird one. <laughs> just a very strange one. The cool thing was, so we were able to get back and chill out with the Sapphics. And you had a go on their <laughs> massage chair, oh right? Oh, God. So, you- so, well, I heard you on the massage chair and that's what <laughs> made me go and check out what was going on. So in their, in their house, they have this, this chair and it is basically um, one of these these kind of big massage chairs that you see where they, they do all sorts of recline and then... Bits, it's like a single like armchair kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, and bits of it like knead your back and massage you. You switch it on and it has like a, a cycle of... Things. Well, the first thing, so I sit down on so this So you thing, sat down on it. And it sort of almost clamped my arms down. I thought, holy <laughs> fuck, what have I let myself in for? Because it was like, sort of expands and massages your arms. But it seemed to be very butt-focused on its massaging. Oh my God. It really liked spreading my ass cheeks apart and massaging them. It was the weirdest fucking... Because you get like tilted back. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? This is the strangest thing that I've ever been in. Well, I didn't believe you. So you got out of it and I got in it. And again, I kind of like got eaten by this chair because I'm significantly smaller than you, I suppose, in frame. And I felt kind of lost in it and I just kind of disappeared into the chair. And then these arm restraints came down and like trapped (laughs) me in there. Yeah, it actually traps your arms, your forearms, and it massages your arms as well, which is really nice, I think, but also a bit like kind of attacking. Yeah, (laughs) I kind of felt like even as I wanted to, I couldn't have got out of that. (laughs) (laughs) Once you're in it, you're in it. And then it did have a very peculiar um, want to massage your bottom <laughs> it, did it really to... went to town on the, the the buttocks it really liked spreading those ass it cheeks really, apart really did. It? It, it needed was... them and pummeled them it needed and, them um, <laughs> it and, needed them to exist and then, and then it also had some restraints that came down on my calves and proceeded to pummel them <laughs> so <laughs> i felt kind of attacked <laughs> in this chair it's the way that one of them turned around and was like no mr bond i expect you to die <laughs> I'm not quite sure where they found a cat, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, I'd never laughed so much. I, my cheeks, my cheeks were also hurting, not my butt cheeks, although they hurt too. But my cheeks were aching from laughing so much at this, this chair <laughs> that just seemed to want to like contain me. I think it was your absolute <laughs> disbelief at, at me sort of saying what this chair was doing. And, you, and I'm like, you go in and you're like, 
all right then, yeah, Mr. Billy Big Bollocks, jumps in this chair, sits down, and then all of a sudden she's like, oh, 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 like some sort of molested C three PO. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it tilts you back and starts vibrating the oh, whole way God, through. It's- a terrifying experience. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. So yeah, but I, I want to say a huge thank you to to the Sapphics. Yeah, they were amazing. They they did very well putting up with our nonsense, and they were absolutely splendid hosts. We don't want to go into tons and tons of detail over our stay there. Rest assured, we had a lovely time with them, and it was it come was really... to the UK, ladies, because what we do have is lawn chairs. We have lawn chairs. We've just got cheap lawn chairs. You're a bit better off telling them that we've got ladies over here. We've got t- well, there's yeah, loads of ladies here. But in terms of like chair walls, we don't have anything like that weird man-eating chair, but we do have lawn chairs. <laughs> we do have lawn chairs. Other and, chairs are available. Yeah, and you can also sit on the floor if you get really bored. Oh, pummel your buttocks. <laughs> <laughs> Easy tiger. So thanks to those folks, they were they were absolutely fantastic. Yeah, they're fabulous. Mrs. H, what's the next on the list? You. Me. Yes. Me. You. It is my most favourite of topics. I know, which is why I'm going to talk about you. Okay. <laughs> so I've been thinking a little You're bit. You're right. No, it's a bit hot. Okay. I'll be honest. <laughs> we are going through some of a heat wave. I'm not enjoying it. Yeah, but yeah. you don't cope well with temperature. No, I don't. So we have had lots of conversations coming out of the back of PCAP. Mm-hmm. And I mean, PCAP gave us some food for thought. At least I think it did. We So when we were in PCAP, I don't think we really realised until we came away from there just how just how much we struggled with the concept of initiating play situations or making moves where we, we found people attractive because we just didn't, A, have the confidence for whatever reason. And secondly, we were really out of practice as we've kind of touched on already in our last episode. We were just a bit like, oh, we didn't play and why is that is that because we were scared or nervous or just out of practice or was there something more going on and we've had lots of conversations off the back of that around levels of confidence and what we what we mean when we say hey are you confident can mean different things to different people right yeah and for me i've had this conversation with you a couple of times now because <laughs> oh I like getting into your head. Well, I like getting into heads I anyway. I like getting into your head. You don't. It's not a good place. <laughs> but I do enjoy understanding the psychology that sits behind some of the things we do. And psychology plays a huge part for me in our ethically non-monogamous journey because I like the mind play that sits behind the whole thing Yeah. for me. So I started asking you a few questions around what do you think about when I say, are you, would you consider yourself to be confident? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I surprised, you surprised me by revealing that you don't consider yourself to be a particularly confident person. No, you I You would don't. describe yourself maybe as introvert in some ways and lacking confidence. Yeah. And that really surprised me because on the face of it, the perception for me is that you are extremely outgoing and confident. Now, would you agree that other people might perceive you that way? I So I think it depends, honestly. And I think that there's two elements to this. I think there's the the general me, the real me, mm. um, who isn't so confident and worries about everything and doesn't see himself as worthy. So I, it's I, I self-worth. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to lift Mulhina for, for anything. <laughs> but, Not worthy. But then there's the... You talk about a mask. I do talk about the a Mr. mask, H the Mr. Mask. H mask. And I think that's something that I, I do wear because there is, you know, the, the the personality on the podcast is kind of me 
dialed up fairly significantly mm-hmm. and i you know i'm very aware that i say stuff that's stupid or say say stuff that gets me in trouble because that's almost the me dialed up piece. is it a bit of swagger is that what you're saying it's, it's bluster and swagger to get yourself over a hurdle which is lacking confidence yeah and i you know i'm sure at some points Mr. H meets, I guess, Simon, I suppose, is the honest level of it. You first named yourself? I did first name myself. (laughs) (laughs) What did you do, Simon? What did you do? I don't know. I have no idea. But I think that that at certain points, the the, the Mr. H thing is needed to to get through the nervousness of going out and going to a party or um, meeting people for the first time. And it's almost like I put that mask on. This is my podcast face ironically for a podcast mm-hmm. and, uh, face and, for radio yeah face for radio <laughs> and that bit of me is a is a little bit extra but that's not the real me inside i'm worried that 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 swagger is just an act and is just me covering for the fact that i don't feel like i'm worthy of mm. people or that people would have any of interest in, in, in me that's so one of the things that I asked you, and I think this is what sparked my interest, is because I said, how can somebody who takes probably 50 selfies a day in various poses of, I don't know, raising from the Jeff Goldblum to the, I don't know, you just take a million selfies and they all seem to be exuding confidence. How does someone who lacks confidence manage to take so many selfies and seem apparently on the outside? To I don't particularly like the way that I look. And I think the reason I take those selfies initially, I think, started was because I I wanted to practice a getting the best pictures I could of myself to make mm-hmm. the most of what I've got, but also to kind of learn to actually enjoy myself as a bit of an exercise. And if I do this enough times, then I become used to my look and I'm become more confident as a result. So where do you lack confidence? Pretty much in everything to a certain extent, not in everything, I suppose that's, that's a lie. I think I just, I'm constantly worried that I'm not enough for people that I'm not doing what I should be doing, that I'm living like, like the imposter syndrome at work, Mm -hmm. you know, and I I feel that very strongly, but I feel that strongly in this world as well. Well, Someone will figure out that you're (laughs) just a big pack of lies. Yeah. I don't have a fucking... Damn it, he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. (laughs) That's the reality of it. I just think that you know that I, I think there's always this perception that I should be better than what I am, and I could be better than what I am, and I never feel like I am good enough. Mm. And that sticks with me. I always think, you know, hey, we could do a better podcast. I could look better. I could exercise more. Or I could be more than what I am. That's not to say that I don't appreciate that I've moved on from where I was, mm. but it always feels that that's that that's not enough. But isn't that just? general life like i mean who realistically would ever rate themselves a strong 10 out of 10 for any of these things that you've just mentioned i don't and if they do then wow how do you do that like i don't know anyone who would give themselves yeah i'm a 10 apart from gaston maybe maybe um i, I don't, honestly i don't know and i think yeah i'm sure everyone goes through the same worries and the same things you know and and maybe to a greater or a lesser extent hmm. and maybe to not feel those things is to not really be truly human but i those those things sort of play at the back of my mind and I, and you know this goes down to the you know the um expressing an interest in people because often i don't feel that i'm worthy of them so okay so applying that then to other people because mm. and i think this is where we can probably help because we get a lot of 
people reaching out and saying these things, this this resonates to me strongly that people say, I don't feel like I will fit in. I don't feel like anyone will want to play with me because I look like this or I don't feel like I've got the body that people will want to find attractive. That all these things are things that people probably worry more about in this because it highlights all those, those yeah. worries and it, it compounds those negative feelings, doesn't it? So for someone then saying the same to you, say, oh, Mr. H, you know, you always seem so confident. How do you, how do you manage to, to shed those body issues, those negative thoughts that stop you from having a good time? I think I'm always in a constant state of surprise that, that <laughs> and, and it's... It, what, that someone finds you attractive? Yeah, it, in that sort of, uh, it is a pleasant surprise. I kind of, I, I guess part of my thought is that, you know, I prepare for the worst and if something better than the worst happens, then I'm like fucking made up <laughs> to, to a certain extent that feels like I'm sort of always ready for it to go wrong. And this, this goes back to, and we were having this, this conversation today and, and yesterday, in fact, take my birthday, right? Mm-hmm. So my birthday is, is very much right on the cusp of Christmas. It's overshadowed by Christmas. It's overshadowed by yeah. Christmas. And as, as a kid, I kind of, it, so, you know, you'd have birthday parties. I was very fortunate in that garden that we were able to do that. But there was always a, a lack of people able to come along. One assumes that, you know, mm-hmm. it could be very well that I wasn't popular enough for them to come along. But, but assuming that, that I did have some friends and that they, they would like to go, but because of the time and that being so close yeah. to Christmas, it was like a, socially difficult to make that work. As a result, I kind of grown up with this fear that no one's ever going to come to my parties. And that stands, this is true. And, and in a work environment, I organise events sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I'm still worried that people won't come to my organised work events where the attendance is mandatory. <laughs> I am also worried that when we host events for, for the lifestyle and for the bedhopper stuff, that people, even though they've bought tickets, mm-hmm. are still not going to show up. Because I have this deep-seated fear in me that I'll be, left, I'll be left hanging. It's, really? Uh, yeah, even to this day. And do you know what? I remember the first social that we did. And even though I knew there were 10, 15 people, mm-hmm. minimum or whatever, in a pub, before and I mm-hmm. saw the fucking pictures of them being there. <laughs> the relief I felt when I, I, I think um, I Disney showed, up, yeah. showed up first. When they walked through the door, I was so relieved that it didn't matter if anyone else turned up. Aww. I was just happy that somebody did. The fact that it was them was lovely, and that was marvelous. <laughs> um, hello, Disney nerds. Um, be good to see you soon. Uh, but but the fact that they did uh-huh. really was like such a a good feeling for okay. me. And when more and more people came through and it became like a raw rumble, I was absolutely flying because I, I didn't, I don't expect people will come. I don't expect, uh, not you, but me to be the draw for to people want to come together. So that was my next question. I think, how, how much do you feel that people want to get to know you because it's you and you as a, a great person and not just us as a unit or because I'm apparently in your head the, the, the appeal and you're the secondary thing. I think that, yeah, I do think that's Because I don't think that, but obviously I'm not going to think that because I, I look at you as being absolutely my world. And, and I love you I for that. I can't imagine anyone not looking at you and not wanting to get to know you. And, and I, I do, I love and adore you for that. I genuinely think that 95% of the time it's, people are more interested in in you do you think that's something that 
lots of couples experience maybe maybe i think i think there is there are a few things that contribute that to that factor so more often than than not the couples that we're meeting are able to play mm-hmm. with you they can't both play with me because i'm not okay. bisexual so there is a vested interest mm-hmm. in that way i i'm not stupid enough to believe i'm more attractive than you objectively i you know you're absolutely gorgeous and whilst i don't necessarily see myself as the free potatoes that you get with a oh curry <laughs> there is an element of that it's like oh we get her but we you know we we also get him that's nice we get, <laughs> he's along for the ride oh he's 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 doing a helpy how very kind of him like, you know, i i'm here to do a helpy you know and I, sometimes i do feel that that way quite strongly it depends on the 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 couple or, and and how forward they are as well because mm. i think the level of forwardness plays quite a big impact on 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 this coupling sort of thing where often it is the guys that are more forward okay. just, that was that's just observational mm-hmm. that may not be true of the whole lifestyle but my in my experience i've found mm-hmm. that to be the case and i've found that women tend to be less forward or maybe like to be like to be chased or yeah or, maybe and as a result, it can feel that the guy is all over you mm-hmm. or, or wants to be or is making that clear. And the woman is just sort of sat there waiting for you to make the move, wait, either waiting for, for me to make the move or is not giving me any signs that she is actually interested. Okay. And you like to have it really I, obviously I, presented the, to you. The, the difficulty is, though, is if someone is, is not aggressively for, but is quite forwards, you don't tend to like it. <laughs> so and it's a real weird dichotomy in that I like to know that someone is interested. Mm-hmm. That doesn't have to be them chucking their cat at me. <laughs> <laughs> Use my phrase against you. Yeah, me. used your phrase against you. But at the same point, it is nice if someone is, is forward and lets you know. I, I completely but, agree. But equally, when women do that, often you don't like it. So I'm in this strange world where it's fine for people to to be interested in you but actually for them to display that level of forwardness to me makes them a crazy bitch <laughs> so there is a there is a strange oh. balance to this that i'm sort of I'm, I'm having to navigate as well mm-hmm. but going back to the original point more often than not what i found is that that actually the men are very open and, and interested mm-hmm. and are of a pursuing nature i like to know that someone is interested in mm-hmm. me that doesn't have to be to a massive extent. It can just be simple things. Well, like someone saying that you look nice or you smell nice. Yeah, that's, sort of, that's, that's a, a little affirmation. That's that a good start. I mean, your your level of effort and preparation in giving that, that best version of yourself to someone has been acknowledged and recognised. Oh yeah, by validate the shit out of me, please. Because yes. I, I do work. And that's nice I, for I, anyone to hear, right? It is is nice for anyone to hear, and I think that's equally as nice to hear from women and men. Mm. And that's something that I've tried to bring balance to when I can and compliment a dude on his shirt or his watch or his haircut or whatever it might be. If mm. I think it's it's cool or it's good or he's made yeah. an effort, I think that deserves recognition. Now, I know from my own working life that I am very much a carrot person. <laughs> I like to be told that I'm doing a good job. I like affirmation yeah. because that's important to me because that's what gets my endorphins going and that's what makes me work extra hard or whatever. And the same is true of the lifestyle. I like to know that what I'm doing is working. Is working. Yeah. And if someone's just silently sat there, mm-hmm. then my instant thought process will be, 
what am I doing wrong? Right. What, why why isn't that that working for you? And if someone isn't talking or giving you that, mm-hmm. you know, oh, that's not right. I mean, I don't even mind if someone says, you know what, that's not working for me. Let's try this. Yeah. I'm happy with that because that is at least telling me that I can do something right if I do something different. Or that someone's interested enough to ask you to try something yes, different. Correct. I get that. But it's a it's a it's a tricky thing. But if people aren't forward and they aren't giving me those signals, and it has to be quite overt because I just my assumption is is that no one is interested. That's just your default. That's setting. my default. No one is interested. No one's going to be interested. Okay. I I can't explain why. It's probably just like a history of my relationships previously and all this sort of stuff. But my default is pretty much that no one's interested until they show that they're interested. Okay. Wow. That's pretty deep rooted. <laughs> well, it is pretty deep rooted, but it's also leads me to, I'd, I also had this sort of fear of, of rejection and that I don't want to sort of step up to bat and then find that I'm rejected. Mm. Okay. I mean, I think the fear of rejection is something that resonates with lots of people. Anyway, I mean, that's just a, a, a natural reaction to a human emotion of wanting to be validated. As you say, mm. no one likes rejection. No one enjoys hearing it. And I think it's more prevalent than anything when you get into this this non-monogamous kind of lifestyle that you're going to prepare yourself to hear rejection. Yeah. And you're going to have to just grow some broad shoulders and, and step up to the fact that you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. We know that. I 100% but get it. coupled with your, <laughs> also your fear of I'm not good enough and no one will find me attractive, point blank. That's my default. That's like a double whammy of a negativity, really. And that's where the mask comes in. So this is why you go out of your way then to push that boundary yourself on a daily basis by, by showing everyone, hey, this is me. This is my version of me I want to present to you. Yeah. Because that mask is a layer of protection, for one thing. Mm. And it's not, it's not that it's the, the way I behave is excessively different to, you know, Mr. H isn't that different to Simon. There is, it's, it's a scale, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. But, but the Mr. H front gives a little bit of a buffer to protect the it worries is. and the concerns. And, mm-hmm. the, and you know, I, I recognise that, you know, everyone needs to be able to reject people. I recognise that. And I mm-hmm. recognise that we all need to be prepared to to accept that you're going to be turned away at some point or other. I, I absolutely get that. But sometimes I just, just looking at people or just kind of seeing someone that I'm, I'm really attracted to, sometimes that the, the mask doesn't get me there, that the, the mask doesn't enable me to step up to that plate and a- actually do it. And mm-hmm. I find myself sort of physically like, oh, I'm not even going to try that. They are way too attractive for me. Not a chance in hell. Better uh, stick to the selfie. <laughs> yeah. You know, let's, let's go with plan B and plan C, you know, uh, which is a terrible thing to say. But, you know, I've, and I've got better at putting myself out there and asking, but there is a realm of safety. And I think there is a certain, certain people that I feel comfortable doing that in front of and others I'm like, where I don't know them so well and it's a complete shot in the dark and is that a sliding scale of how attractive someone is that you think they're more likely to say yes or no to your advances i don't know maybe (laughs) (laughs) so all right i don't know pcap right yeah those are hot people on the pool yeah literally because it's 40 degrees anyway hot people on the pool you look you see one and you think i mean this is very basic yeah and you go okay that's attractive I, i would like to know if that lady is interested in me yeah you're going to A, send a selfie, <laughs> B, turn and run away because 
there's no way in hell that she'll be interested in someone like you. Or C, do you just like do your own Schrodinger's cat thing here and go and ask the woman? Well, can I, I think can I get to know you? I, I would probably, truth be told, go with option D, which is talk to them but not mention anything. <laughs> And, and try and observe any kind of inclination whatsoever that there's some interest and if not to go scurrying away. And I think that's the, I think I, I feel comfortable building relationships with people over a longer period of time. Oh, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and actually getting to know them and understanding that they, they are interested. Yeah. And that there's, there's a... Rather than the imprinting light in the bottle approach of they're going to look at me and go, yeah... You want them to get to know you and yeah. your personality, the, the demisexual approach of let's get the connection, let's build that. And I want them to be disappointed over a long period of time, <laughs> not just a very instant one. Man, he's a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> he's been talking to me for weeks now. Exactly. But, I, you know, there is something in the, the, the slower approach. The, the quick approach is fun, it's exciting, mm-hmm. but I don't feel necessarily confident enough to pull that off. I think there is also a nagging doubt in the back of my, my head about how you're feeling about their partner. And this is the other... So that's the pace question. And the, that's the, the thing that's really, really uh, not worrying me, but n- really nagging at me at the moment, because I recognise that sometimes we are very... There is an imbalance of pace and, uh, yes, absolutely an imbalance of all parties being attractive to everyone because that's impossible to navigate at the best of times. But throw in there some body confidence issues and some out-of-practice issues and some you know, all the other things that we just talked about and you've got a hot minute there. And there is a bit of that. You just don't know how to navigate I it. I agree. I think the other thing is is that this, this isn't a one-way street. No. And the, the, the pace thing is an interesting one because, you know, at PCAP there were moments when you were steaming ahead with someone Mm-hmm. And I, I was just left there. So that did strike a chord with me because I was like, oh, okay, I, d- I don't particularly want to do X, Y, Z. No, of course. I'm not involved. And we've but, been on both sides but, of and that. We, and we were on both sides yeah. of that fence. And the pace for you then didn't matter a job because you were happy with that particular person. Well, not strictly true. Well, I, it was in my head a lot. But how do I, how do I do? How do I navigate this? Because then I suddenly thought back to the hang on a minute. I know full well at some point there will be a reverse situation where he does actually find a, a lovely lady that he wants to kiss and that will happen and that this will be, the balance will be brought to the force again because it does happen. And yes, you can't help that in that moment one of you is feeling a bit shitty because that's just going to happen. We can't we can't seem to get past that, that little roadblock of at one point someone is going to feel... It's not happening for them at that time. And the difficulty is, is that when that happens to either one of us, mm. where you you get quite shitty. I'm quite. I'm I'm probably less likely to go off on one until you do. So interesting. I was thinking about this the other night, and I think we used to be better at this. I genuinely don't think this used to be quite so much of an issue. Yes, it's happened in the past. Of course, it has, but it's. It doesn't seem to have been such a difficult thing to navigate. And recently, for some reason, it's back up there as a big old roadblock. Like, oh my God, one of us is feeling shit because the other one's making out with someone and we don't want to make out with their respective partner. Or maybe they don't want to make out with us, who knows? Yeah. I mean, not that big-headed. But, but the point is, it's you're never going to get a situation where everyone is mutually making out at the same time and everything's rosy because it's just not life, is it? 
But we well, used to be better at managing that. I think we found situations previously that have been much more aligned with the within the confines of that we're both mm. on board. I yeah. think broadly, there's been a lot more, oh, this couple are exactly what we're after mm. and away we go. And that moment takes us and we're flying because the mm. moons have aligned. Yeah. And I think more recently, we've been less good at both getting into the right space at the yeah. right... There's, there's yeah. certainly an example of that from PCAT yeah. where we both weren't in the right space at the right time. Yeah. Although we eventually got there and then you were ill. Mm. <laughs> I know, but that can't be helped. That's that, just... That, that's, but that's just... That's just, that's just life. I think there's there were other situations where I think we were interested in one person only. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we'd really sort of got to a space where we'd kind of navigating that that right and right. i think also i it didn't particularly happen for me because i didn't i, I wasn't feeling confident enough to to go for that so that, back to the confidence issue but, yeah and what okay so what could you do differently to to get over that that hurdle of a confidence issue because i know you put way more effort into building those levels of confidence than i do because you regularly exercise you look after yourself you regularly uh, know you're self-aware enough to know when you need to put an effort in to rebalance those scales of I don't feel so body confident you're you're much better at doing that and kudos to you I don't that's my own problem but so my my question is are you ever going to get to a point where you 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 get past that because you could go to a gym like 20 times a day and probably still find areas where you could like level criticism at yourself based on what you're saying I don't, I, I'm not sure that the, that the gym is, is the answer on that. I think there is... Finally, I'm going to get that in writing. <laughs> the gym is not the answer, folks, you heard it. <laughs> it's, it isn't the, the complete answer. No, it helps. But. I think for, for me, there is a, there is a space that we, we came from where I was unhappy with the way that, with, with my weight and with yeah. my, like my ability to live and the fact that going upstairs just, Right. Killed me. So you so, address those immediate so, concerns. So I'm, I'm, I'm still addressing those, but mm-hmm. I'm, I, admittedly, I'm in a much better space than where I was six, seven, yeah. eight, eight years ago, or whatever. So I, you know, I definitely feel like I've come a long way. I, I feel like I've got more to do, but there's also the the ever long balance of you know balance between life and having fun and just exercising or whatever for the, for, for and the having a social life. Equally, I, I'm really cognizant that actually exercise is just and, and my body shape is just one part of it. There's all sorts of other confidence mm. things that creep into it. I'm not particularly tall. I'm not, you know, I don't have a massive cock by any stretch of the imagination. I don't have a tiny cock either. There's all that sort of stuff. There's the ability to converse, the ability to engage with people. All of that stuff plays mm-hmm. a, a role in the makeup of how confident you, you might feel. Mm. For some people... They don't give a fuck about it and they just... You take bullshit. me as you find me. And yeah, that's, and they yeah. bullshit. And my experience has tended to be that I don't like those people because okay. they don't seem real. Right. Or they seem to be so unaware of themselves that they trample all over everybody else's emotions. And that's not what I want either. And that's not nice. For, for me, I, I need things to be balanced. I need to be honest. I need to be open. And as much as I'm trying to learn that confidence, because of the the frequency of which we do this, so particularly with those type of events, mm-hmm. there has there's almost like a practice to getting into that space yeah, as well. Yeah, I agree. So all of this stuff comes together in this melting pot and then spaffs out whatever frame of mind 
I'm in at the end of it. Mm. And I, I know for a fact that there's certain people that we play with that, that if, if we're seeing them, I can be like normal me. Right. Simon Closer me, to your is, authentic self. Is closer to my authentic, my authentic self. And actually is confident and is fine. Mm. But there's a level of trust. There's a level of relationship. There's a level of groundwork and effort that's gone into getting to that point. But if I if it's just at a random event and I'm like, hey, that person's really attractive. I, I, I'd love to say, hey, what do you think? But actual me kicks in and I'm like, mm. no, you... You you don't earn that. You've not earned that right. You you don't deserve that. Why why would you? How how on earth? What are you thinking? Look at them. Mm. And the reality is though is that like I'm I'm with you and I think you're amazing and, and gorgeous and you are. But and this is where the the um, you're a lucky man to have your wife thing uh, irritates that the shit out of me. That, that noisy fucking <laughs> irritates me and I hate it when people say, "Hey, you're a lucky guy." No, I'm not a lucky guy. We met each other and we went through fucking hell to be together. And I put effort in every single day to make our relationship as special as I can make it. Yeah. And it's, it's a, a work in progress. It, you never stop making an effort and no, working and th- at it. Exactly. But you get the benefit of all those years of me doing that. The mm. silly things, the making breakfast, the asking how your day went, the amazing sexy times that i give you as often as i can possibly get away with but all that stuff is is the sum of our relationship parts Mm -hmm. and so for me that that's attainable because that's a (laughs) long-term investment's not the right word but it almost (laughs) is it's like you invest into your relationship and you put in and you get back what you put in and with you i absolutely do get that back and i do feel confident and comfortable with you because i know all that stuff I, I I know you better than anyone else in the world, and I you know I, I can probably tell you what you're thinking half the time. But how nice is it when you still feel like you want to make an effort for oh, yeah. someone like me that you've known for over two decades? I even now want to make that effort. And if you're going to take me out somewhere for a date, then I want to make you proud of me, and I want to be that absolutely that best version. And the day I stop caring about the effort I make for you is the day I, I've really, truly given up. Agreed. You also need to get ready in less than an hour. So uh, you know, Well, any... I've proven I can do it in 45 minutes. <laughs> it's not worth the moaning, folks. It really isn't worth <laughs> the moaning. It's really not the stress. <laughs> it's, so, yeah. it, it's such an interesting conversation because I, with certain people where we've invested time, mm. I do feel like I am more confident I can be not myself because I'm always myself, but there's always like an added there's layers. I think to it, of like an onion versions of you. Are we quoting Shrek now? You are quoting Shrek. Thanks. I could not quote Shrek. Of Shrek, Shrek, Shrek if uh, I tried. I'm a flying talking I, donkey. I do feel like you present various versions though to yeah. to various people, and sometimes I I watch you interact with people, and I think, oh, tonight we have this version. <laughs> And it's it's really interesting how I feel that you come across as very, very confident to those people because they must look at you and listen to you and think, wow, this guy, like, he, he's, doesn't, he's got all these anecdotes and he's funny and he sings and he's making impressions and he, he, he dresses like he means business. And on the inside, I'm like, yeah, he's shitting himself. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's the reality of it. And I think this goes back again to, to work with, you know, I work with, directors and I work with 
people on right on the front lines of, of various businesses. Mm. And uh, you have to be able to shift your approach to match what you're handling at that particular yeah. time. People, they're all humans, but they all have a different lens to, to apply. And, and, and that's sort of true in the way that I deal with a lot of these things. You know, it's kind of what voice am I having to put across today? So if we went back and did the PCAP again, mm-hmm. the do-over. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think we've spoken to people who would also like to do parts of these things again because they reflect and think, damn it, why didn't I do this? Or I could have done this differently. So what would you do differently if we went back and did that that week again? I think part of it was before we got to that point, we, I, I would suggest that we probably need to talk about our approach. I would agree. And I don't think we did enough of that. I think we were just so concerned about actually fucking getting there. Yeah, the logistics so of actually getting there. <laughs> the logistics, the is it going to be cancelled? Are we going to get COVID? Mm-hmm. Is there going to be a family disaster? Yeah. How many pets are going to die this all time? The bits and pieces, all that didn't it? Yeah. stuff. And, and I was very conscious, conscious that, that the last time we travelled, you know, the cat was sick and and your mum went into hospital and in fact even while we were away i know we had another we had a family emergency family emergency i know and and life does throw things at you and you have to just roll those punches when they happen however i do agree with what you're saying about i don't think we gave ourselves any due diligence uh, of maybe having those conversations before we went about the various approaches we might take and how we might feel if we're encountered with situations that made us feel a bit uncomfortable in that moment. I think, yeah, there is something around the the due diligence and removing the the problems that cause, mm. causes or could cause to, to kind of allow you to focus on the other stuff. Yeah. I and I think we, we probably should have had more conversations at the start to kind of figure out what what we were looking for, what we were going to do, what was the the, mm. the, the thing there. But I think we kind of went in a bit like oh, we've done events before, this will come back naturally to us. And it really didn't come back until sort of towards the end. But by that point, we were knackered and all the other stuff that we've talked mm. about. So I think the, the due diligence at the start would have been helpful. Uh, not that we didn't check in and talk. Oh, no, of course we did. We really did. And we weren't idiots and we didn't get drunk and have a row and, no, and nothing like that. We were fine. I just think we didn't put enough focus into our relationship and around how we might feel in various situations and maybe just protected ourselves against any fallout and maybe given ourselves permission to just flex within those boundaries and not hold it against each other. I think I think there's an element of that. I also think that what we weren't so great on doing is kind of going, making our minds up quickly and kind of going, <laughs> oh, the, this is someone that we yeah, like. Yeah, I know. Do we go for this? Yes or no? And if <clears throat> and and being very fleet of foot with that, going, we like these people. Let's let them know, and let's yeah. be honest and open. Because there was the whole platform. Like we didn't even have to talk to people face to face. We could have just bobbed them a message in the evening. Go, we think you guys are really hot. Do you want to go for dinner? Yeah. That, that's like we yeah. could have done that. Could have done it. And okay, it's slightly cowardice way out, but actually, that would have been great because we would have been able to do so much more potentially. And if rejection had happened, it would have been on a message. <laughs> yeah, on a message, yeah. We're really sorry, but thanks. It's but not no. you, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of times I've heard that is, um, yeah. But I, I think we, we could have been much braver with that as, as a duo and we could have made sure that we were on the same page with where we're going. I think we, likewise, the thing about the, the, the various sort of 
one members of couples that we like, we could mm-hmm. have been much more open and honest about, oh, we like this person. And then we could have talked about that together and what that meant and how we could navigate mm. navigate that and say what is within the realms of acceptable and how, how are we going to make sure that we're not upsetting people or each other. Not that we particularly upset each other, I don't no, think. No, no, not these at all. Are, uh, and these, I want these, to are, quantify. these are healthy conversations. They're discussions afterwards that make you reflect and you think, how would I do that differently? They're not anything where I, I hold any resentment or, or worry that we've done something fundamentally wrong. I just want to be better at what we do sometimes. Yeah. And six, seven years down the line, it doesn't mean we have all the answers and it doesn't mean that we don't still fuck up and make mistakes along the way because that's life. Yeah, and I think- we change with with each year that we get older and our approach can't stay complacent and the same because people change. Uh, absolutely. But I also think there was a level of practice mm. and a level of having relied on the groups that we've got and the contacts that we've got already, putting us in a new environment. Scared us. Um, <laughs> yeah, it did a bit. And I think that's where the whole confidence thing kind of went to, to shreds a little bit, because I was kind of very much on, there was a bit of podcast mode, mode being turned on, a bit of Mr. H, because by the very nature, we're at an event where people have come to speak to podcasters yeah. to a certain, you know, to a certain extent. And I kind of wanted to make sure that they got, if, 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 if they mm. wanted a bit of Mr. H in that talking to me kind of way that, that they got that. Yeah. Also, it, it really didn't feel as though anyone was, was coming on to us. So I did feel like, like whilst people were interested in talking to us, mm-hmm. I didn't really pick up on many, if any, signs of people being forward yeah so did that maybe compound those internal fears then that constantly sit in the back of your mind that i'm i'm not good enough i'm not attractive enough no one's going to find want to play with me no one's going to want to talk to me yeah yeah the 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 weird ego thing and this is Mm -hmm. it's going to make me sound like a terrible person was like hey we're going to podcast to please surely people are going to like me here (laughs) because they're coming to and and i get that not everyone's coming to to see you directly or see us directly and but I also felt like, I was like, surely it should be easier than this. Surely it should be. <laughs> and I said, I'm, I'm a terrible human being for saying that. But I also kind of felt, well, actually, no one is being particularly forward. People right. are very excited to meet us. And it was wonderful. Mm. But there were some couples where we had conversations. And I was like, oh, they're really hot. We could, it would be lovely to. But then it was so, that moment had gone. And then we we're on to the next yeah. thing that we we're doing. Or the, yeah. then someone else would come over and speak to us. And we weren't very good at uh, sort of saying, hey, you guys are amazing. We'd love to spend some time with you. Yeah. Not to say, and I, I don't want to diminish on any front the time that we did spend with the people that we did with, no, did spend time with. And I think that that's the one thing that I do want to make sure that people are, sort of understand that actually where we've gone, we went to dinner with really awesome people. We went to lunch with people. We hung around with people. That time was really good and really valuable. And it was, I really enjoyed it. These are those little moments in between, I think. Where you missed opportunities. Where we missed opportunities or... We, have more fun. Yeah. Looking back, I think we both sort of did the whole, are there any dinosaurs on this dinosaur ride? <laughs> and I think we kind of went, oh, well, it would have been nice to... Yeah. I, I, I just remember the feeling of coming back from the second desire visit where it was quite a, a, a naughty holiday. Yeah. And there was quite a lot of sex going on. Mm. And we came back like high-fiving each other because it was successful and Mm. it all worked Mm. and we were on top form and we weren't over the top and we We, were ourselves and we were authentic with it and i think we came back from this going oh that wasn't us that that wasn't quite 
mm-hmm. right. And I don't think it's out by a million miles. I just think that we kind of, I, uh, but this goes back to me always because it's always about me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I could, could have done better. I could have been a better me and I could have, and, and even down to that, I felt like I could have spent more time talking to people I didn't know. I felt like I not let the side down, but that I could have given more and helped more and yeah, been involved more with yeah. people. No, I, I would agree with that assessment as well. But again, in the moment, it's incredibly hard, isn't it, to to find all, all the time that you need to tick off all the things that you, you feel that not only should you do, but you want to do because it's a nice thing to do. Yeah. And there simply just wasn't enough hours in a day for that. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. And I feel like, you know, we neglected some friends a little bit and didn't spend enough time with them and we d- like didn't get out as much as we could have done. Yeah. And all of these things, because I worry and because I obsess over yeah. the past, yeah. uh, you know, I, honestly, I still fucking regret lending a friend when I was five years old. Oh my God. A transformer, right? Okay. Like I, that still pops up into my head when I'm going to sleep at night. Uh, uh, why did I do that? Why did I do Because it just, these things happen. <laughs> Like, why did I say this to this person in 1993? <laughs> why, why am I still obsessing? And I can't help that. So reflecting back on this stuff, is, is, it's going to be in my head. And, you know, we, as, a, as a couple, we do that a lot as well. We, of course. It's in our nature to self-reflect well, and reflect with each other. There's self-reflection yeah. and yeah. there's also the reaction to, to you know, you, you, like gossip is your trigger often. Like with, if there's drama going on, you get really excited about it and get drawn into it. Well, I just like to hear about it. I you don't hear, like well, to do anything with it. Well, and this is the thing, whereas I'm much more about the, the going over what's happened before and, and rerunning it and rerunning yeah, it. Yeah, I, I know. And I think, you know, we've kind of done a lot of that with this. In terms of like what I can do to improve my confidence and feel um, like I'm not an imposter, I think there is a point where like experience kind of demonstrates that this, that the way I feel about myself isn't true about how I am. Okay. And I, I don't think I'm there a hundred percent, but I think I'm more there than I ever have been. Mm-hmm. But I also need to be, I need to be mindful that this is something that sits in my head and this is my default. So I also need to kind of be aware as I'm going into situations that actually I might really, you know, inside I might really be worried, but, do I really have a need to be worried? What, what's the worst that's going to happen at this? Yeah. No one's going to, you know, it's like that worry, at, like at work, when you organise something and you're worried that it, like, oh, you get something wrong. Is, is it really the end of the world? And often with stuff that I'm doing in my job, people aren't going to die because of it. I think it's just applying perspective. Yeah. And applying perspective in the right way. Yeah. And I'm listening to you just now, you sound like the end of um, American Psycho. <laughs> he has this little monologue at the end around... You know, people see a version of Patrick Bateman, uh, you know, a mask, and he simply is not there. And it's this whole what's beneath all of these layers of veneer that you put up and all these little versions of yourself that you create to present that that this is the Mr. H, this is the package, this is what I want people to see. I want people to see Mr. H's package is what I'm taking. That's <laughs> <laughs> what you're hearing. That's what I'm hearing. I, genuinely, I, I don't want people to pity that I don't need people to worry over my well-being I, d- I wouldn't want that no because I think you know what you're a happy little soul I really do I think you have in 
you have a great perspective generally on life and you've got a great level of emotional intelligence and self-awareness around all of this. So I, do, I don't think this is a, a pity train whatsoever. I don't think people are going to have to get their little violins out. I think this is more... They'd be I tiny was, ukuleles. <laughs> of course they would. I was more interested, I think, as to... I've seen this happen over the years anyway, but it was really pertinent now because I think I saw this a lot over the last couple of weeks and I was just interested to get to the bottom of it. And it felt like it resonated with a lot of things that people have said to us in passing over the last couple of weeks about how worried they are about how they would fit in in a crowd and you know, how nervous they are as first timers, all those things. I'm like, just because you're first timers, it doesn't mean you still don't get those fears six, six years down the line. Because here we are, oh, you yeah. know, many years later, talking about the same things that worried us in week one of when we started doing all this. Well, I think one, one of the things that, that, that come out that, that I've sort of reflected on while we've been talking about this is actually, you know, there, there I am talking about the worry of parties and the worry of people not coming to my event and mm. that here I am running an event yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> and there is a reality to that there is a you know I think I have to throw myself into it yeah. because I know that this is a weakness of mine I know this is something that 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 sits in the back of my head and that's why I do need to throw myself sometimes at the problem mm. and do something that that puts me out there and that puts me in that that environment because actually if I don't do that, I'm always going to be worried and always, it's always going to be... Well, you're always going to lose, aren't you? Because well, I've yeah, never tried. Because I've never tried. And I'd rather host an event and, and have the thing there and have... Um, which I'm sure will do incredibly well and and actually live that experience. And mm. the more times that happens, the less times I should be, in theory, worried about it. That's the theory. So in the meantime, you're going to go and take 100 selfies a day still? Well, I think, you know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't take 100 selfies a day. Lies, it's, 120. That's absolutely true. I don't, don't take 120. It's, <laughs> it's probably closer to two or three a day. I think it's, it's one of those things that as a tool, it's very useful to finding out how to take a picture of yourself and what works for you and what's the best angle for you. And, and I don't like to... any pictures I take of myself ever. No, but I took a picture of you where you just hopped on the bed the other day and it was, I'm not going to lie, it was a great picture. Because you took it. Because I took it. But also right. because I, I know what works for you because I've taken lots of pictures of you. And maybe your homework should be to take a hundred selfies I a day. I can't do it. You can. I, I literally, I took a page, I, I take a picture and I hate it. Yeah. I look at it and go, no, I look awful. I hate it. I hate everything about it. <sighs> I hate the way I look. I it's, hate the size of my nose. I hate everything. All to of, be fair, all the stuff. it's because you're not using an Apple phone. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Well, I hope you will. On that note, I think we better round things yeah, up. Yeah, I'm going to call out of your head now. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> if you've got comments, if you felt the same way, please um, get in touch. Get in Honestly, touch. Yeah. I'm I'm really interested with this, and and I'm I, I do believe that a healthy group discussion is very often very cathartic. And mm -hmm. you know, I had plenty of good conversations around the pool in PCAP around things that people clearly think the same way sometimes oh, and yeah. just talking about things is is awesome it's great so get in touch let us know if you've got comments if you feel the same way if you've encountered this what what strategies you may use to kind of you know get over these barriers that all, all the stuff and or if you, know you just want to send shit in the post do you know what the best way to contact us on 
It's probably not. It's send an owl. Bedhoppers.co.uk oh, yeah, and then go to the contact us Send bit. an owl. <laughs> no, don't send an owl. Send us the thing on our flashy website and we'll do our very yes, best. Yes, there's to... a contact us button. Yeah, there is, right? Oh my God, I'm going to send you some abuse later. Are you? Yeah. Really? <laughs> I look forward to this. So yeah, get hold of us there. If not, drop us a Twitter or a tweet or whatever they're called these days or an Instagram or an email. An email. Or, you know, one of those things. Anyway, Mrs. H, do your thing. Thank you for hopping into our bed. <laughs>